Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas, and I am coming to you from Ernay, France, which is in the Normandy region. And of course, this weekend is the Motocross of Nations, and the USA is coming off of their first win in 10 years last year in Redbud. So I don't think they really have any pressure. I think they alleviated that pressure last year by getting the win. And I think also when you look at the team, that the way this dynamic worked, they had a really tough time putting a team together. None of the members of the winning team last year were able to make this trip, which changes, I think, the whole outlook, right? I don't think there are super high expectations. I think the riders expect a lot out of themselves, but I don't think the countries at large or America, it's the same level of pressure that they've had for a while. You know, the losing was becoming palpable. Um, it was what was talked about every year at this event is the USA had lost its punching power. But this year, the way it went and the way this team is constructed, I think they come in as the underdogs. I don't think they really feel like everyone is looking at them to perform. So maybe that works out for them. We're going to see how that goes. Maybe it goes poorly. Uh, think about like Matterly in 2017 and went about as poorly as you could ever get for Team USA. I don't think that's what's on uh, on the docket as far as what's going to happen. But you never know. Uh, this race is really unpredictable. There are so many unique aspects to it. And one of them just happened, and that's the ballot. Uh, the ballot decides your gate pick for Saturday's qualifying races. And Team USA, thankfully, uh, was number six. So that's a really good start to the weekend. And I think that momentum is created off of this first ballot. And it's, it's like a ping pong ball lottery style system for how you get your gate picks on Saturday. And that momentum is derived from those gate picks because how this will work is tomorrow's qualifying races, whatever your gate pick was decided on Friday, all three qualifying races, your rider will be that gate pick going into those races. So in the case of Team USA, they're sixth. So all three guys will get the sixth gate pick in their individual unique races. Now on the other end of that spectrum is a team like Great Britain. They are 36th gate pick, which is second to last, only worsened by Team Canada, who is 37th. So in all three of their qualifying races on Saturday afternoon, they will be on the very outside gates. They're going to be behind the eight, proverbial eight ball going in. They're going to they're gonna have a tough ask, right? And it doesn't mean that they can't get a good start or they can't figure it out. It's just going to be that much tougher, right? If, if every situation starts in a neutral position, starting on the outside and getting three bad gate picks, that's going to have a negative impact somehow, some way, right? It doesn't mean that uh, one of the riders can't pull off a good start and really help, 
but you have to figure that that bad gate pick is going to have an effect in at least one of, if not more, of the races. The other side of that, right, it swings the other way for Team USA. They have really good gate picks in all three races, right? So we have good starters on Team USA. They're going to have really good gate picks. So they can start the momentum trending in a positive direction because a good good gate pick often leads to a good start, which leads to a good result, which will then set them up for good gate picks on Sunday when it really counts. So when I say the momentum is created, it can go both ways. And Great Britain and Canada have negative momentum starting on, on just on Friday afternoon. We haven't even done anything in it. We already they already have a, like a negative trend building where Team USA had the best of the contenders, in my opinion, their gate picks with a six. So they, it's nothing they did. It's pure chance, but that's a really strong way to start the weekend. Now, the other contenders were kind of in the middle. I think Australia was 13 or 14. Spain was 17. Australia was like 20, I'm sorry, uh, France was like 26. So everybody was kind of in the middle there. Uh, Not disaster. You know, France is up against it a little bit. But really, I I was talking to a bunch of the Team USA members after the they were drawn and everybody kind of took a sigh of relief. You're just trying to avoid disaster, which Great Britain and Canada were unable to do, but you just don't want to leave, you know, going to bed Friday night going, man, it's, this is going to be already brutally tough because of something that's just pure chance, like a lottery style system for gate pick. So it sets up nicely for team USA. Uh, doesn't mean that they're going to have a great result on Sunday, right? You look at the team, uh, I don't think that any of the three picks were the, the number one pick. Uh, you know, I think in the MX2 class, Justin Cooper would have been the first pick taken. Uh, you look at MXGP, it probably would have been Chase Sexton. I think I don't think that's uh, any stretch of the imagination. And then Eli Tomac's obviously been hurt for months, so you would have had some sort of secondary option. I guess maybe AP falls into that spot, right? It's debatable. But this is not you know, what anybody would consider the best possible picks on paper. Now, I don't mean that in a defaming way or derogatory way towards the team. That's just what facts are, right? If, if you have the entire American contingent and you can pick who you want, that's who we had last year. That's who America had at Redbud in 2022, and they were able to win. That's not what we have this year. So the dynamic is different. I think the expectation is different. I know my personal level of anxiety or anything is much lower because I'm ready to take it for what it is. If they do, great, awesome. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, I was not in that place last year going into Red Bull. I was not there at all. I knew that Team USA needed to win. Uh, the opportunity was there. We had the best team we'd had in years. Everybody, you know, you think about Sexton and Tomax, incredible 2022 Pro Motocross Championship. Justin Cooper was, I think, runner-up in pro motocross. So we had, behind Jet Lawrence, who was your champ, right? Or I'm sorry, Justin Cooper had a pretty rough outdoor championship, but he was the best pick for us. Regardless, he was the best 250 pick, in my opinion. And he absolutely delivered. I just knew that we don't get that type of team on home soil very often. It's been a really long time where everything aligned for us to have the best possible chance. And to their credit, they got it done. They absolutely got it done. So now, yeah, we'll see. I'm good. Like, I, you know, I, if you know anything about me, I've been coming to this race for a really long time and I'm always like on edge about, we got to win. We got to get this thing done. Like P3 
patriotism, it matters, we've won the most times, all those things. I'm, I'm not in that same mindset this year. Um, I'm going into it loose, open-minded. Let's see how these boys can do. I'm happy for them to get this opportunity because this does mean a lot. Um, you know, I don't think everybody believes the same thing I do. That's okay. But I, I think this race really matters, and being on Team USA really matters. And I think the guys that are here, they echo that. And that, to me, goes a long way. So I'm willing to overlook a rough day or whatever because I know they all want to be here. They didn't have to do this. Uh, we were really close to not sending a Team USA. I mean, tremendously close to not even attending. So thank, I'm thankful to these for these guys being here and representing, you know, we have the biggest market where the, we've won the most times for us to not be here would be embarrassing. It would really absolutely be embarrassing. And, uh, so thanks to them for not putting us through that because I would have been here anyway, I would have shown up and everybody would, it would have been the talking point with everybody. I, I everybody I met with I was like, man, I can't believe team USA didn't come. Right. Like that's really challenging. We weren't here in 2021. I was in, it was in Italy. I was there. It was at Mansova. It was the comment we I had all weekend is like, man, I can't believe USA didn't come. Now we were dealing with COVID and all sorts of things, but whatever, all the other countries were there. There were countries that had to fly and, you know, do all sorts of things too. I'm just a believer that when you are, you know, lots of other countries look up to, to the USA. It's just how it is, right? We have the, the, it's the biggest economy in the world. It's the biggest military in the world. You know, like there, there are lots of reasons that, other people look up to America. And that doesn't mean we're perfect. Like I don't, I don't want it to be that type of atmosphere or this, that's not what I'm trying to say at all, but there is a feeling that America should attend. And I'm a firm believer in that. Like you want all these things and you want to be respected and all like show up, you have to show up. Like you can't just be like, no, nah, didn't work out this year. We're going to sit this one. They're like, no, that that's not, it's not how it's going to go. Otherwise I think you have to you have to give up that entitlement, if that's what you want to call it. You want to be considered the best or the, you know, the country that everybody else is looking for to for guidance. And we have all these great brands and all the, like, okay, well, there's a responsibility that comes with that. And the guys that are here, the people on the Team USA that are here, kudos to you because I think that they get it. Now, some of the other teams, uh, there's a lot of parity this year. You know, we're in France. I think France and Australia have the best teams on paper. France has close to the best team that they could put together. Uh, I don't know the extent of Maxime Renault's injury. I think he's okay, um, but he did sit out the last GP. So outside of that, you know, if you want to make the argument for Dylan Ferrandez being on the team, which would be the best lineup possible, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I would, I would understand that. But I think it's close. Uh, they have a really, really strong uh, team here in France, which will give them a boost as well. Australia, I mean, we all know, right? Jet Lawrence is, in my opinion, the best rider in the world. Hunter is your, well, Supercross and Pro Motocross champion this year. We ha- we all have questions about his health. Will his back hold up? I think he's fine today. I talked to him. He's walking around. He looks okay. The thing about it is, is one tweak, right? One crash at any point during the weekend and it could all come unraveled for them. And that's what we really have to watch for is can he keep it clean all weekend long and avoid the setback that will be, that'll be all it takes. It only takes one rider having one big issue to, yeah, to take you out of contention for the weekend. Think about Redbud 2018, Calvin Vlanderen takes a rock to his eye, can't race, 
and they're out. Otherwise, they dominate. They absolutely dominate that weekend. But Vlanderen's eye problem, yeah, killed their chances. So that's the unique thing about this race is it's a team thing. They take five out of six scores, uh, but you need that third rider to put in at least one score. Like they have to have at least one decent result because otherwise you, you know, your score, your total accumulated score skyrockets and then you're out of it. Um, you know, the third rider for Australia is Dean Ferris, who has dominated in Australia this year. He's, he's riding really, really well. And he's also done really well at this event. So for those of you who are listening, who don't know a lot about him. Um, don't be surprised if you see him running around top five, top 10, uh, all day on Sunday. Like he, he is that caliber of rider. Go back and watch, I think Majora, he was incredibly good. Or maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Germany. One of the years, Ferris really excelled at this event. So he's no stranger to success at the Motocross of Nations. And I think a lot of people are wondering about him being the weak link. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to surprise. And if he does and Hunter can hold it together, this may be Australia's best chance they've ever had at, uh, at Motocross of Nations win. Like this, this could be their shot. And I think they know that. They know that this is the best chance maybe they've ever had. Um, so maybe that adds too much pressure. I don't know. We'll see how they handle it. Um, I don't think that Hunter or Jet are strangers to pressure. Look how much they've faced and conquered this season alone, winning titles everywhere they've, they've looked. Uh, but this is going to be a little different. So I think those two are the best on paper. They have the best odds. You know, if we were in Vegas betting, pretty much impossible to, uh, to say they wouldn't be at the very top of the board. Uh, before we get into the some of the other countries, again, thank you to all the sponsors of this podcast, Pirelli Tires, of course, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, TL Speed Shop, International Vet MX Series, Concept Coatings Design Co., really cool idea they have for their new shop uh, in Temecula. Uh, I'd say International Vet MX Series, make sure we get those guys in there. Grant Stone Boots, Works Connection, probably lots of hole shots going to be pulled with Works Connection. Uh, pro launch start devices this weekend uh grandstone boots fly racing i'm going off memory so thank you to all of those uh great companies for sponsoring this podcast but some of the others i you know we talked about team usa they'll all be fine i just don't know where they're going to stack up they have not raced these guys much if at all right it's it's a very new dynamic um ap raced the 250 class you know mx2 in 2018 had a great saturday and then sunday kind of unraveled for him and I know he's looking for a little bit of redemption from that uh from that Sunday where he just couldn't couldn't get it together you know it was muddy it was terrible weather which we'd have thought he would do well in uh but it just didn't go his way so we'll see how he bounces back you know it's been five years but I think that's still that memory is still in his head those uh you know at a race like that motocross nations on your home soil if things go sideways I think it sticks with you and I think that one did stick with him so this is a chance to kind of wash that taste out of his mouth. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't have any hard opinions about the, the, our Team USA guys. You know, Christian hasn't raced in six months, so I don't know what that's going to look like. RJ's absolutely capable. Can he stay on two wheels? Don't know, right? Um, there's just so much about this race that is unique, and the pressure's different. And for RJ, he's going to be racing against 450s uh, all day long, which means the starts are going to be really difficult to come by. Right, so he's going to have to fight to pass all day. He's going to be fighting against lesser riders on 450s that are going to be difficult to deal with because they have such a power advantage. Um, so it's just a weird, a weird event on on that front. 
Uh, some of the other countries like Spain, they have a really good team. Now, Jorge Prado is your 450 champion, the MXGP as they would call it. Ruben Fernandez is a podium-worthy guy in that same class in MXGP. And then the real question mark is in Oriol Oliver. I, I don't know what to expect from him. If he has a really good day and shocks the world, watch out for Spain. That's all I can tell you uh, because they're coming in with a boatload of confidence. And I don't think many people are looking at them, but they probably should be. The Belgians, really strong team historically, but this year they've got some youngsters. They have William Everts, Yago Geertz, and uh, why is their 250 rider uh, escaping me? I cannot think of who is racing the 250 for uh, Belgium. Oh, Lucas Kunin. Sorry. I'm, I'm doing this all from memory. No notes, so bear with me. Uh, but Lucas Kunin is a rider that could win. He could win MX2, right? Or he could self-destruct and get last in both motos. That is the type of rider that Lucas Kunin is. He's boom or bust. He only cares about winning. He's really young. I think he's still 16. So uh, we'll see how that team plays out because they have three young guys. I think the oldest one of them is 23 years old. So does youthful exuberance pay off or does it, is it their undoing? I, I don't know, right? That's for them to decide. Netherlands is a team that we've always feared as far as Americans because they've been so good over the years. But this year's a little different. They don't have Jeffrey Hurlings, right, who has been the anchor of that team oftentimes is the fastest rider in the world. So they're going to depend on Glenn Koldenhoff to bring his typical motocross of nations fireworks. He's going to have to rise up to give them a chance. Kaida Wolf is their MX2 rider who's absolutely capable, uh, similar to RJ, right? But it's a little bit of boom or bust. Like if, if he gets good starts, he doesn't crash, he can be on the podium, no problem. Like he is that good. He's still really young, but we don't, know what we're going to get like I, I actually thought Kai was going to be your your MX2 world champ and crashes and all sorts of issues kind of deprived that right like he just wasn't able to hold it together and that's going to be the key for this weekend their third rider is Calvin Vlanderen he's a veteran he knows this event well he knows what to do um, now is he going to win the race probably not but I think you'll get solid results from Calvin and that's what you need you need solid scores on the day um, you could argue that you need somebody to win motos to, to be your champion, which is probably true. I don't think that's what you're going to get, as I mentioned from Calvin, but like three, four, five, six, those are, I think you can expect those type of results from Calvin in a really solid day. Um, and also Calvin's going to be moving to factory Yamaha next year. So I'm sure he's going to have a better bike here than he's had for most of 2023, which can only help him. Uh, some of the other teams I want to mention, Great Britain, you know, I don't know what to think about Great Britain. It's uh, Josh Gilbert, uh, Conrad Muse, and who is the 250 rider? Why am I, why am I not able to think of the uh, 250 MX uh, Great Britain MX2 rider? But um, that I think that gate pick is really gonna gonna hurt them. Um, and the also you think about uh, they don't have some of their star power they've had from the past, like Tommy Searle. Um, some of those guys like Dean Wilson, right? So that doesn't mean Josh Gilbert and Muse and these guys aren't really good. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just a little bit of a different feel. Um, the expectation is different. Uh, Conrad Muse, he, he can do it, but it's, it's a, that's a rider that Fly Racing sponsored for a very long time, and it's been a mixed bag, man. I, you know, everybody expected the world from Conrad. Like his future was so bright. And it just didn't play out that way. It, it, the success everyone expected just has not 
arrived on a world stage. So um, we'll see. I, I, I'm very much we'll see on Great Britain's fate. But I can tell you that gate pick, you know, just for Saturday, it just really up, you know, upends any momentum or the confidence that you would want to have going into, you know, like going to bed on Friday night. It kind of steals some of that. Canada, very much the same. They have good riders. You know, Ryder McNabb, Jess Pettis, and Dylan Ryder, the three best riders Canada, I think, could put together, which is always a good thing. But 37th gate pick, now you're asking a lot, right? It's all, The job's already hard enough. Now you have to overcome adversity on top of it. So I still think Canada's a top 12, 10 to 12 team. Um, but we'll see how they do with qualifying, right? I'll know more on Saturday night. If they come out of it and they qualify well and are able to get decent starts and fight through the pack if they don't, all those things, then I'll feel much better about it. Um, it's just it's a really tough dynamic to have last gate pick three times in a row. That's just a lot to ask to uh, to overcome. Uh, a team like Slovenia, you know, it's Tim Geiser is, is the guy, right? He could win motos, but they got to worry about making the A final. That's the tough part is he doesn't have any backup. So he's, he really has to win his qualifying race to give them any shot, in my opinion. It's just a really tough uphill climb. Team Germany, this is a team that people should be paying more attention to. Uh, Ken Roxon is, is riding on the best form we've seen in a long time. So he's, I think he's going to be good this weekend. Like It's not that much of a you know an ask to say he's going to be good, but I think really good, right? Like podium level all weekend long. Uh, then he has Tom Cock who, uh, I don't know. Uh, he, he's the question mark of this team, right? He, they, they're going to need one good moto from him. I think like that. And, and that's what this race comes down to much of the time. Your superstars have to deliver. And then your question mark rider, which is often that third guy, they got to get one good result. In. they just have to find a way to pull it together. The MX2 rider is Simone Langenfelder. He's a solid guy. He's a podium winning level MX2 rider. So I think you can expect good results of him. So Germany is a, an interesting team. You know, if Kenny has an out of this world day, Langenfelder puts in, you know, solid results, like really shines in MX2. And then Tom Koch or Tim Koch, as they would say, um, he just, you know, if he, he can really shine and just do it one time, just one crazy good moto, something like Dennis Ulrich's done in the past, they could make it happen. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's going to be tough. There's a lot, there are so many teams there's, like that are all very even that it's going to be difficult, uh, but they have talent. They definitely, definitely have uh, some talent on their team. There's some other outlier teams, New Zealand. We'll see, right? Cody Cooper's getting up there in age. Um, I think they're just going to be battling to try to, you know, put a top 10 on the board. Uh, team Italy is interesting, but they have... You know, they've had so much change on their team, right? Albi Ferrato should be pretty good on a track like this. He rides a hard pack really well. They lost Mattia Guanini, uh, Guadagnini and had to sub in Andrea Bonacorsi at the last minute. But Bonacorsi is your EMX 250 champ, so he knows what to do. I think it's it's a downgrade. Like, Guadagnini is a better rider, but Bonacorsi is, is going to be excited. This is a huge opportunity, and sometimes that motivating factor can really have guys rise to the occasion maybe he has a breakout day because of this opportunity he's been uh presented with and then your your mx2 world champion of course for team italy is andrea adamo so that's that's a really strong mx2 guy and sometimes it only comes down to 
BMX2 class for the result. So we'll see how that all shapes up. I'm trying to think of any other uh, outlier countries that could, you know, be surprising. Um, none are coming to mind. Like some Norway, Norway could be uh, one to keep your eye on. I think um, they do have Kevin Horgmo, and uh, they have some decent riders there. So, you know, um, if they, you know, it's it's all about what you bring on Sunday, and that's the great thing I think about this year is there is a, as I mentioned a lot of parity. And it's just going to be who shines and who doesn't. There are going to be teams that absolutely underdeliver, and there are going to be teams that, wow, they really showed up because there's so much equality, in my opinion, amongst talent. That's just how it's always going to go, right? Some teams are going to deliver, and some teams are going to fail. Bikes are going to break. People are going to crash. It doesn't have to be they don't ride well. It's just the way things happen. So it's why they drop the gate. I do feel like, though, I really do believe that Australia and France have the best teams on paper. I think they go in as the prohibitive favorites, and everybody else is on the outside looking in. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, you know, the Swiss, like, no one's talking about the Swiss team, probably for good reason, but like Tonus and um, Guillaume and something like they can do something. Like, they could surprise. Jeremy Sewer is at podium. He won races this year, right? So, Teams that you're not necessarily thinking about that could have a great day or what makes this event so much fun, right? I almost left the Swiss out of this thing, and they could be in the top five, right? There could be a team that are everyone's running around the, the paddock and the track talking about on Sunday because they've shot up the leaderboard because they put in three solid results, you know, in each, uh, each class, right? Each moto. So that's one thing I would also mention at this race is, don't get carried away with what you think is going to happen after one race. Because remember, that drop score changes everything. You could have a great day going in, solid moto one, solid moto two, and one of your guys drops out of moto three, and you have to use a score you didn't think you were going to have to have. Because that it all changes. Like Everybody gets all worked up in between motos about the scores, and I'm like, keep thinking about the drop round. Don't forget about the drop round because someone that's working in fourth, when the drop goes into effect, if they've had really solid scores is going to shoot up. They're going to, and no one's going to be expecting it. That's the thing about it. It's just going to happen all at once. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, we forgot about X, Y, and Z team. And they're going to be right at the top. So um, I love that about this, this unique scoring system. I don't think it should be used like for every event or anything like that. Um, I just think it adds so much depth to the day. So that's kind of what my thoughts are on some of the teams. If I forgot a team, which I don't think I forgot any of the real protagonists, but if I did, I apologize. Um, but that's how I think it's kind of, kind of go France and Australia. And then everyone else, you know, it, it, we'll see if that's how it ends up. Because again, one bad score, one guy twists an ankle in practice on any of the teams and they're, they're done for pretty much, right? Like they lose all that edge If Hunter goes out for practice on Saturday and tweaks his back, you know, they're in bad shape. Like they're not going to be able to contend with everyone else. Like look at, if you go back two weeks ago, not even yet in uh, LA Coliseum, Hunter could barely walk, right? So they've been doing therapy nonstop. He hasn't ridden much. Um, so I don't think he's going to be as, as sharp as he necessarily would be, which hurts him a little bit, but he's going to have to be really careful to not take a huge step backwards 
with his back because he could go right back to that same place again really quickly. Um, look at the French team. I don't know where Renault's uh, injury stands, right? I think he's okay, but the same thing. Like, he was hurt less than two weeks ago. Hurt enough where he couldn't race, right? So those things can get re-injured really quickly, and the whole dynamic could shift really, really fast. Um, so it's just something you want to stay on top of and don't take things for granted at this race. If you assume anything at this race, it's typically a really bad idea. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, again, I'll do my Patreon podcast on Sunday morning, which will have an update from Saturday and also a preview of Sunday after I know much more from the weekend. You can check that out at uh, patreon.com slash industry seating. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll recap the race next week talk about everything that went on you know i'm making a lot of guesses and a lot of predictions right now some of them will look really stupid next week when i recap this right i i didn't i'm saying that france and i'll show you the favorites watch neither of them will win that's just how these things go uh, but yeah it's fun for me to think say what i think is going to happen and then watch myself either look really smart or really stupid so thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you soon